Making Menuhin is made possible by a generous contribution from the Linhart Foundation. The Lipitzer International Violin Competition takes place every year in the small town of Gorizia. In 2018, Matthew Hockerinen was invited to participate. He was thrilled to be there. It was the biggest competition he'd ever been in. It was like getting close to maybe 9 or 10 p.m. already um, before I was going to play. It was a really long day before such a pivotal moment. 18-year-old Matthew was warming up as the next-to-last competitor finished. He was about to walk on stage. And my E-string snapped. In a matter of seconds, Matthew's big moment was derailing. My hands were like shaking too much. I couldn't even put the E-string on. He had no time to waste. He needed to get on stage. We traveled all the way, like, from the U.S. to come to Italy for this. And, like, seriously, I'm just like, ah. Matthew pulled out his phone and frantically texted, Come here, my string broke! A longtime mentor in the audience felt her phone buzz. She rushed down and, and helped, <laughs> helped me put the string on. I was like, I couldn't even put it on. As she helped him rethread the new string and coil it onto its peg, an MC announced that it was time for Matthew to perform. And, you know, there was no time to, like, even adjust to it or anything. It was just, you put it on, like, make sure it's in tune, okay, and go on stage. It was stressful, but Matthew knew he had to focus. After a couple of seconds, you know, it's like, there's no time for this. You, know, you just have to, have to move on it, it, and take it in stride and, and get back to business. Matthew made it to the next round and the next one, too. He made it all the way to the finals of the Lipitzer International Violin Competition. And then he won first prize, the first American to do so in the competition's nearly 40-year-long history. This is Making Menuhin, the inside stories of the world's best young violinists. It's never going to be too much in terms of when you're playing with orchestras because the orchestra is massive. I really think the instrument is special when it can also speak very softly. When you're performing, I feel like it's really too late to think about your technique. Every two years, the Menuhin competition takes place in a different city around the world. The competition was originally scheduled to take place in Richmond, Virginia in 2020, but it was postponed to next year due to the coronavirus pandemic. Ahead of that, we're making this podcast to introduce you to some of these talented young violinists competing in what's known as the Olympics of the Violin, a musical, cultural, and educational exchange founded by Yehudi Menuhin. I'm your host, Sarah Schilling. On today's episode, we hear from Matthew Hockerinen. Matthew was featured on NPR's From the Top when he was 14. He won the New World Symphony's Concerto Competition, and he has played solo performances across the U.S. and Europe. Hi, my name is Matthew Hockerinen. I'm 19 years old, and I'm from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and I play the violin. I have my mom to thank for starting me on the violin. Um, I started playing when I was three years old. And, you know, she doesn't play professionally, but um, she just loves music. And she wanted to share that love of music with me. She's an amateur musician. She's actually a physician. She has a, a lot going on on her plate, but she always made time to play together and continues to, actually. <laughs> Thank you.
starting the violin was incredibly tough. I definitely did not like it at first. You know, you have to stand still and shove this wooden box in your neck. I was like, what am I doing? Isn't there like a more comfortable way of doing this? But, you know, it took a lot of discipline and also a lot of support from my parents and my and my first teachers. I'm so thankful they stuck with it. And um, even when I would get upset, stomp off and, and didn't want to practice, you know, they were always there for me. It's really tough, you know, uh, there's really no other way of putting it. It's just you have to be so focused and really organized and your your brain has to be with it 100, 150% really. So it was tough, it was a struggle, but after a while, you know, it just became one of those things. You know, if you really want to make those sorts of beautiful sounds that you envision, then it's going to require you to practice. And so that's what it came down to. not exactly sure when the change started to happen, but eventually I just started realizing how much I loved to make music. And once I was able to start making some pr pretty decent sounds from the violin, I guess it was just only a matter of time before I just fell in love with it. I'm half Finnish, my dad is from Finland, and I'm half Taiwanese as well. So it's definitely a very diverse background. Growing up, my grandmother from my mom's side lived with us, and um, she would always cook all these sorts of different Taiwanese specialties, um, sticky rice, fish, chicken, shrimp, you name it, 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 was, it was there. And, and it was always, you know, that's, it's always how it is. I never appreciated it to the fullest when I was a little kid, but now I, I miss all of those things. Every once in a while, my family has what we colloquially call a wontonathon, <laughs> where basically we make hundreds of wontons and, and invite people over. And then usually when there are people over, it sort of becomes like, okay, well, why don't we play a little something? And so those are sort of the opportune moments. Everyone's snacking on a wonton, and then we can make some music too. Matthew Hockerinen attends the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. For their instrumental programs, Curtis only accepts enough students to fill a single orchestra or opera company. All students are given full scholarships, and it's one of the most selective music schools in the country. While it's intense, Matthew's found a friendly and supportive atmosphere where every day brings new lessons on technique and life. <laughs> Right now I'm studying with Pamela Frank. Um, she's a teacher at Curtis, and she's taught me so much, not just about like technique and musical ideas, but also just about what it means to live a fulfilling life in music. One of the things that she told me was to actually, to make time for yourself to go and explore and experience the things outside of music. Um, music is more than just 
what you do in a practice room, it's also everything else that you have the chance to explore outside as well that you can then bring in and also everything that comes with that. This is the first and then the last two movements um, from Bach's Sonata No. 1 in G minor for solo violin. It's the Adagio Sicilian Impresto. Whenever I'm playing Bach, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is that he was a Baroque composer, and that really informs your stylistic decisions. They had different instruments in the Baroque era, and the violins were tuned differently. They played on gut strings. They used vibrato in a completely different way, and, and you know, you couldn't sustain to the same degree that you can now with a modern bow and with the steel strings we use now. And that's not to say that you have to only ever play Bach on period instruments, but I think that there are definitely some elements that you can incorporate in your own playing. So the Bach presents many challenges. For one, there are simply some chords that are, or some also some passages that are quite challenging for in terms of intonation and also just clarity of sound. And also another difficulty is that many of the movements, especially from the sonatas and partitas, are dance movements. For example, the Sicilian. It's sort of finding a balance between, of course, you want to have a nice sound and have this clarity and, and everything like that, but also you want to have this internal feel of, yeah, this is a dance, and you want to have a, the certain ebbs and flows that come with that. It can be dangerous to only learn a piece from a recording because then you sort of have whatever performance you're listening to in your ear rather than your own ideas. So I think that, for, uh, for example, for this block, what I try to do is just sort of make connections between where the different harmonies are and, and just have an overall sense of what's coming. And then after a while, you just sort of cement those through, of course, through repetition. And also just if you if you have a musical idea for what's what's coming, then you sort of intrinsically know what notes are going to be next because you already have an idea of where you're going. I remember the very first time I actually did a competition. It was for the Florida Federation of Music Clubs, and I think I was either five or six. I think it was five. And 
I was playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star <laughs> and a variation on Twinkle Twinkle. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's hard to remember too much from it, but something about performing, competing like that, it was my first time. I didn't really know what to expect, but I just remember really enjoying the experience to just get to perform and share what I felt about the music with an audience. So I'm currently playing on a violin from 1955, so I'm a modern Italian violin um, by Arturo Fracasi. Well, my bow, it's made by Odo Hoyer, and I like it a lot. I think it's a really nice bow. I love light bows, personally, and so it just works well for me. I loved every violin that I've played. You know, I, I started on a 1 16th, went all the way up to a full size. I still miss all of those violins that I had to say goodbye to. But I think the violin and instruments in general of this nature, they sort of become like an extension of you. So it's really just a part of you that you're living with all the time. It means a lot to me to be competing in this competition. To be honest, I, I tried on a couple of different occasions and didn't have as much success. So to finally now be in the menu and competition, it's a dream come true. I think we're all going to be there with the intent to do the best we can and hopefully win. But I have so much respect for all the competitors. I know they're all amazing musicians. So, you know, it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> Playing the violin for me is, it's just a way to share my message through a medium that I think is almost better than language. You know, music is something that brings us all together. It's, it's universal, and I think that there are so many more emotions that can be expressed through music than I could ever hope to achieve with my words. And for me, just the ultimate goal whenever I have a performance is to just get that message across and hopefully touch some people and, and just communicate you know, how I feel about a piece and maybe I'm trying to hopefully convey what the composer was thinking as well. So it's just really special to be able to make music. I was also sort of evolving with my instrument too, and as you experience more things in life, and I think I still have plenty ahead of me, but you find new things that you can bring into your music. And as important as practice is, like I was saying, it's also equally important to get out there and really experience the world and see great art and read great books and interact with people and just gain a multitude of experiences that you can then convey when you're performing. Mm -hmm.
Matthew Hockerinen is a senior competitor in the Menuhin competition. He performed the Adagio, Sicilian, and Presto movements from Bach's Sonata No. 1 in G minor. He was recorded at Baker Sound Studios in Philadelphia, and we have video of that. You can find it at vpm.org slash violin. Making Menuhin is a production of VPM. Thanks to the Linart Foundation for its financial support. Today's show was produced by me, Sarah Schilling, and managing producer, Peter Solomon. Peter also mixed the episode, and it was edited by executive producer, Catherine Comp. Our theme music is from Telemann's Fantasia No. 10 for solo violin in D major, performed by Kaylee Kim. West Swing performed and recorded additional music for Making Menuhin. Our digital and support team includes Angela Massino, Ashley Branch, Louise Keaton, Benet Mosby, Gavin Wright, and Marshall Lloyd. Steve Humble is VPM's Chief Content Officer. Support this show by going to vpm.org donate. Find more Making Menuhin episodes wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It helps spread the word about the show. I'm Sarah Schilling. Until next time, keep practicing! VPM.